0: Hey everyone, I'm Phil Mattingly, CNN Senior White House Correspondent, and today I'm in for David Chalian. This is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Wednesday, May 5th, 2021. The ban of former President Trump from Facebook and Instagram, now that's being upheld and extended for at least six months. We'll discuss that, plus what does Elise Stefanik's rise and perhaps more importantly, Liz Cheney's epic fall actually tell us? And finally, President Joe Biden continues pushing kitchen table issues. Four months after Facebook banned former President Trump from its platform, following that deadly insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, the company's independent oversight board upheld the platform's suspension of the former president's account, but it told Facebook to rethink the ban's indefinite nature. Now, these board members, and it's important to note, many of them, they're free speech advocates, looked at the evidence at the aftermath of the riot. They held a press call, and we heard from one of the co-chairs of this oversight board, Hella Thorning. Here's what she had to say. Facebook initial suspension of President Trump was correct. That's very clear. Uh, But also we're saying that an indefinite ban was not acceptable. And the reason why that is not acceptable is because Facebook actually failed to follow its own rules on removing harmful content by choosing an indefinite suspension But it's also important to keep in mind here, what the board was doing was essentially just a punt, making the final call all in Facebook's lap to some degree. The board now giving the company six months, so basically until November, to figure out if former President Trump should be suspended or not. There's a can and they're kicking it, basically, to put it in summary. So what exactly happens next? Well, that's a good question. I think everybody's trying to figure out to some degree right now. Obviously, we have the six-month timeline, and with that timeline comes pretty immense pressure right back in the lap of Facebook and CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Now, of course, it will be extremely important to see how Mark Zuckerberg handles this role, a super powerful role that he has over public discourse in this country. It's an issue Zuckerberg, Facebook, frankly, all social media companies have been trying to manage, navigate deal with for the better part of the last several years, and now we are going to get a very acute example of where they stand on things. Now, I'm going to shock none of you when I tell you the former president had something to say about this. He did release a press statement in response to the board's decision. Yes, it is hyperbolic. Quote, what Facebook, Twitter, and Google have done is a total disgrace and an embarrassment to our country. Free speech has been taken away from the president of the United States because the radical left lunatics are afraid of the truth. But the truth will come out anyway, bigger and stronger than ever before. Subtle, as I noted. Very subtle, but also worth noting, it was done via press release because he doesn't have a platform necessarily to put it out. And I'm sure it's it's not just going to be the president. His supporters are already raising money off the issue. Certainly, they are saying the president should be let back on. And we're going to hear from Democrats saying very clearly he shouldn't. All this just puts more pressure on Mark Zuckerberg. But it's important to note that despite the ban and President Trump's press releases taking the place of his social media posts, it doesn't at all decrease his current impact, his current grip over the GOP. In fact, if you watch what's happening in the party throughout the country, not just in Washington, Trump's grip seems as strong as ever. You have party leaders kowtowing to him. You still have 70% of self-identifying Republicans believing his big lie about the election. It's very clear he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Now, here's what else matters today. Next week, a vote among GOP House members could end up stripping Liz Cheney of her leadership role as the number three Republican in the GOP. House Republican leaders, they are eyeing next Wednesday as the likely moment when Liz Cheney will no longer be the lone woman in the Republican leadership in the House. And now, and this is what you really need to keep an eye on, New York Representative Elise Stefanik, a staunch defender of former President Trump, she has consolidated the support of pretty much the entire Republican conference and is poised to lock down enough support to replace Cheney in that number three slot. Now, the move to sub-Stefanik in for Cheney is yet more proof of this kind of mesmerizing transformation we've seen in the Republican Party. Stefanic was just elected to a fourth term from an upstate New York seat, but she came to Congress as a moderate, someone who worked with Democrats. Her resume? She worked for President George W. Bush, then GOP presidential nominee Mitt Romney. But her real star turn, when she became known to everybody, raised millions of dollars, it's tied to one thing and one thing only— her ardent public defense of former President Trump during both of his impeachment trials. As someone who knew Congresswoman Stefanik pre-Congress, covered her pretty closely when she first arrived, it's been a rather head-spinning turn of events. Now, so far, no GOP challenger to Stefanik has emerged, and she's making it clear she has support across the conference, most importantly, from the top two House Republicans, Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise, signaling today they are absolutely behind her. Now, the rise of Stefanik and the precipitous fall of Cheney it perfectly encapsulates how Donald Trump just frankly owns the GOP right now. The GOP leadership, well, they're about to push out the only person willing to state the facts. It's something that signals pretty much there's no future for anti-Trumpers in the party. And today, the former president, he announced his support for Stefanik's bid for House GOP conference chair over Cheney through a press statement. It reads, quote, least Stefanik is a far superior choice. And she has my complete and total endorsement for GOP conference chair. Now, I'm not saying Cheney has no support at all, and it's pretty clear she's going to be gone, but CNN's reporting she knows that, and she's arguing that if she has to trade honesty for this leadership post, well, that's not a trade she's willing to make. And finally today, amid all the chaos in the GOP, all the focus on former President Trump, President Biden's focus, it may sound a little familiar and, frankly, a little boring. He's pushing his checks-in-hands strategy after setting a new, ambitious vaccine goal. That's by design, his advisors say. But it's worth noting, it's not all smooth sailing. The president and his team still have to implement in full that $1.9 trillion rescue proposal he signed into law a few months ago. And another struggle the president may face? Reminding Americans who, to be honest with everyone here, have the attention spans of basically your average gnat, what he has actually done to get the economy back up and running. And that is why he's out there every day talking about the economy, talking about vaccinations, talking about the pandemic. It is an explicit effort to ensure he keeps those accomplishments top of mind for Americans. Take today, for example. He's out promoting a newly launched restaurant revitalization fund, which was established to help struggling restaurants and other eligible businesses keep their doors open in the wake of this pandemic. Right now, only about a quarter of the restaurant owners expect to return to normal operations in the next six months. We can do much better than that with the American Rescue Plan. This is real, this is tangible, this is desperately needed aid. Is it sexy? Eh, eh, Not exactly, but it underscores the strategy here. Ignore the Washington churn. Focus on the economy and the pandemic. Now, whether voters remember that economic success and not the challenges that are sure to be coming, that remains to be seen. And that's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Don't worry. We'll be talking to you again tomorrow. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com briefing. NetSuite.com briefing.